Welcome back to another episode of the Dare Show podcast, where I want to dare you to see things through a different lens. My lens. My sometimes unpopular or popular opinion. Um, I'm the host, Derek. And first of all, I want to say thank you guys for... I've seen um, a little more frequent subscribers on my YouTube page. Um, I do post on YouTube. I do edit and make a little, like, picture video to go on YouTube. Thank you guys for subscribing. Uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. There's a bunch of Patty stuff on my YouTube. Uh, some rare stuff I think I haven't seen before or heard before. One is one that just comes to mind is the God from Gospel to Soul documentary um, with Whoopi in it, and it's narrated by, wait, is it narrated by Cornel West, or is it narrated by Whoopi? One of the two. There's Whoopi, Sarah Dash talks in it, um, talks in it. We have some Bud Ellison, Patty's former, um, music director from forever, before, um, John Stanley took over. I actually would like to know how John became John. If you're ever listening, I don't. You probably not. But if if anybody ever knows John Stanley, please let him hit me up. I want to know how he became her music director because he was her um, background singer when she had the trio of men singing. He was one of the trios, and those. I gotta. I should maybe maybe one day I should rank my favorite. I don't know. My favorite. Okay, honestly, those guys, because they worked with her for a long, long time. Those guys and then the Sweeties are probably my favorite Patty background moments. But then also, Patty's never had like terrible background singers. And the dude I forgot last night, last, I mean, last week, what his name is, um, B Slade. The one that I was like, I can't think of his name at her concert. His name is B. Slade. He was a gospel singer. He had some stuff going on. So he switched from gospel. Or I think he just changed his name and kept going on. Um, but B. Slade, he he was a dude that was singing with Patty and dancing with Patty at the concert. So, I mean, she's always had great uh, singers. There's this one guy I follow. Um, I'm slipping his name, of course. This is other guy. He's... This guy, he went from Patty. I don't know who he worked with before, but from Patty, he's been doing American Idol. He's been doing like background work for like Billboard and like a tons of award shows. And then there, of course, Melanie. I believe her name was Melanie, the lady from um, New Orleans with a really distinctive voice. Of course, you know, there's Debbie Henry, who's been with her forever, John Stanley. It was like Debbie, I don't know the other two, or I think three, it might have been other two people that sang with her for, um, during like the burning era, um, that we see on that 1991, um, performance, (laughs) the, or was that 1992, the video performance. But anyways, I wanted to know how, like, how did John become her background singer? I mean, how did he become... Well, that's a good question also. But how he became her background... I mean, her music director. 
Um, what else? Yeah. So there's like that. Um, there's that really, really great. And in that, they have really great clips of her singing the um, during the 1991 show she did at the Apollo. It was two nights. And I think they recorded both nights. And there is definitely more audio and more footage from that night. I've said this before, but I just... We need it. I need it. Because I was like... I'm listening to it. When I first discovered Patty, rediscovered Patty, I was listening to it. And then you see like these other shows and they're like two hour shows. But this this album they, they put, they, that they put together, I think without the first two songs, which are studio songs, the album is like 45 minutes. And I'm like, I know there's more songs. Like, what do you mean Patty just sang for 45 minutes? Like, get out of here. No, there's tons more. Oh, there's tons more because I asked the um the director or the I'm forgetting. I emailed the dude that like put the thing together. He said, "Yeah, there's more songs, but the Patty Estate, Patty Labelle Estate, has that footage and has all of that." I was like, "Oh, very interesting." So anyways, shout out to that. Thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you for watching on YouTube. I'm also on Spotify. If you're not listening to it on Spotify, um, I try to put all the links below. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this. The Apple podcast situation, I emailed them because I'm supposed to have all my podcasts on Apple. They're saying that they have they're having issues with that, whatever, whatever. So I guess I'm a part of the issue. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. You know who gets on my nerves? Why didn't I write YouTubers down? Did I want to talk about YouTubers? I'm not going to talk about her today. Um, From Patty to her goddaughter, Mariah. Okay, so we just... I just looked at this information. And I'm actually really excited to see. Because I believe... So Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey... Jan Jackson, tons of other singers, Babyface, his song is already out. I'm talking about the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis album. Now, I think they've been, they have wanted to put an album out like 30 years ago or something like that. But it never happened. So now we have the album coming out. When? I'm not sure. Because I still don't think there's a date. I think they just released... The name of Mariah's song. Wait, I probably can YouTube. Go back to my YouTube. They just released the name of Mariah's song, which comes out, which comes out on June 10th. And the song is called Somewhat Love. Now, the Mariah Report, shout out to them. They said that they listened to the song, and I'm like, okay. I guess the, maybe it got taken down already, but it was like, I guess a little snippet of the song. And I was trying to figure out what, what's the name. I was trying to listen to it because they were saying it was giving like E equals MC squared kind of vibe or a me, I am Mariah kind of vibe. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, is this recent? Are these recent recordings or are these like previous recordings? But anyways, I believe Tony Braxton's a part of it. Janet Jackson's a part of it. Babyface, his song is already out. His song it's pretty good. 
I'm not hating on it. I mean, like, Babyface, I don't think he really has a bad song. Babyface, he adds vocal layering, vocal, um, he adds, you know, harmonies and layering of the vocals, and the song sounds good. He's also, like, an incredible writer. Incredible writer. Um, but yeah, so, I have been meaning to talk about this for a while. Mariah. Her fa- her fans were like, okay, Mariah, thank you for putting... There's a certain Mariah prior to the book, her book coming out. And it's very interesting how after... It's like she... We're talking code before the book came out, then the book came out, and then she was kind of, like, free-talking. She was talking to Oprah, talking to Questlove, being very free, and I guess certain people should talk not in code with. But then, like, after the book came out, that was afterwards, okay, afterwards, and then here we have now, post-book. And she's on, like, the Twitter space, which is, like, a, um, like, I think it's called Free Talk Space or something like that. And you just talk to people. You, she talked to her fans. She's done it like tw- she's done it twice now. And the second time she was talking to is his name Max. Yeah, she's talking to Maxwell. No, I didn't. I, I know who Maxwell is. I'm just trying to remember who who she was talking to. She's talking to Maxwell, and she's talking in code, and she's just, like, repeating herself, like, oh, I just want to talk to my fans, and, oh, I'm doing something, but I can't tell you guys, or not, no, 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 she said that. She was like, he who should not be named, just say his name is Tommy Matola. We know who he is. We know who you're talking about, and she's talking in repetitions, and she's talking in circles, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, here we go again with this stuff. And then she's also, um, she said that she has um, a new album coming out. And she's always talking about how it's reflective of older music. And I think she, I think a little bit of Mariah wants to have that older success still. Like a number one or a platinum song. Well, that's not difficult to get sometimes. Or maybe it kind of is. Okay, <laughs> the whole di- I love the digital thing, but it really fucks the artist up, unfortunately. And I kind of feel guilty for using it, but anyways, um, but the thing is, they were in the Mariah report talked about this too. Like Mariah, you're always talking about it, but it's up to us at this point to decide if it's like reflective of butterfly or reflected of a vision of love i think when um when the art of letting go came out she was like this song is like reminds me it has the same feeling of like a vision of love and i'm like no now that i think about it, i love the art of letting go the song oh that's the sorry because then the out the, the me i am mariah the elusive chanteuse was supposed to be called the art of letting go and I love the art and letting go, the song. So it's not reflected to me of anything in her beginning career. And it's just like, you gotta stop saying that. You gotta just make music and stop trying to low key 
continue on this vibe of the emancipation because no songs ever sound like no songs sound like the emancipation no song sounds like butterfly no song sounds like well i think for a while i kind of mixed up butterfly like some of the 90s music i thought were on certain albums and they weren't um like i don't i don't want to cry i mean um can't let go i thought was on like emotions i mean i thought was on the first album but um love takes time is on the first album i can hear some of the butterfly i do feel like daydream is like the intro to butterfly charm bracelet to me is like the precursor to emancipation like there are certain songs that uh the per the previous album that don't sound like what's on that album which continues on to like a butterfly or emancipation uh so yeah that's my thoughts on mariah stop trying to recreate just make the music and put it out like what song uh i think some of the caution music kind of could be on uh emancipation i mean e e equals mc squared but that's pretty much it like you're not gonna even sound like she doesn't even sound like 1999, 1999, 1990 Mariah. So you can't even really recreate that sound anymore. Especially now, like her voice has definitely changed. It's definitely different. Also, Janet's voice is definitely different. But that is just, and it sucks for me because I'm like, I wish I kind of was this aware of them when I was, well, I kind of was aware of Mariah. But I wasn't that kind of aware of... Well, I kind of was... Okay, never mind. But, like, where I'm at now, I wish I was aware a little bit earlier and appreciated their... Because I definitely wasn't listening to, like, The Velvet Rope that much. Or did I think I had access to The Velvet Rope or A Daydream or Music Box, songs off of Music Box when I was, like, 12, 13. But now I do. Okay, so what's next? <laughs> Be, uh, we can go ahead and talk about Michelle. So Michelle released her book. I wasn't sure if I wanted to get it. Michelle Williams from... I'm not even going to say it. Okay, I'm going to say it. Wait. Okay, wait. Hold on. Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Saying that, I did what I didn't want it to do because... I hate when people do that and they only refer her to Destiny Child. It's like Michelle this has done Broadway. Michelle has released tons of albums. I think probably the most albums out of the three of them. Um, she's done Broadway. She's done albums. She's been nominated for different things. She uh, has a betting line. She has uh, a candle line. She's had a reality show. Michelle has done things. And I feel like they only talk about Destiny Child. And she was only in Destiny Child for like a short amount of time. But they only talk about Destiny Child. And it sucks. Because I'm like... She has a whole catalog on her own. Sure, you know, there's Independent Woman. There's Lose My Breath. There's Cater to You. There's Survivor. But she has, you know... 
Unexpected, a great album. Um, Do You Know, a great song. Um, this Her past album, Journey to Freedom. Like, come on, you guys. But anyways, she released her book, Checking In, Getting Real, about depression saved my life and can save yours. Now, I don't suffer from depression, but I do have a little anxiety, or I have a lot of anxiety about a certain thing. And what was I about to say? Um, so I wasn't sure if I really wanted to get the book, but I'm like, let me go and support Michelle and read her book. And it's kept me occupied. I'm always halfway through. But one thing I did notice, she talked about Matthew Knowles management. Now, if we know, okay, let me read. I'll read this to you. But eventually leaving his management has felt was something I felt like I needed to do. And let me tell you, that was not a favor I did for myself. By the way, Michelle gives great, like you could tell Michelle's talking. She's very, Michelle, she's cracking jokes. Michelle is hilarious. She is um, giving you like her little Southern twang, even though she's not from the Southern South. Her little like homie Southern twang. She's hilarious. You can definitely tell. Her voice definitely comes through. And let me tell you, it's not um, that it's a different myself. I only did it because I felt it felt right. To not have him or his company backing me was downright terrifying. Mr. Nobles is truly a brilliant mind. The whole family is just blessed and talented beyond I've, anything I've ever seen. But it was time for me to move on. So I did. It was hard. I mean, like a marathon in the heat of summer hard. At the time, it felt like I was the only group member struggling, floundering. I get offers. I did get offers, but there was no strategy. No one cheering me. No one cheering for me consistently or steering me in the spe- in a specific direction. It was like an opportunity, whack-a-mole, bam, 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 with no rhyme, no reason, no expectation of what was going to happen next. Then came the short time. It seemed like my career was getting back on track. Finally. Okay, yeah. So, wait, is that it? Yeah. As we know, she was like the first person to... um, Oh, okay. I guess this is when it happened in 2000. Does it should give the date? 2008? But it was before 2008. She left Matthew. She was the first one to leave Matthew. So that brings me to the thing of... Was Latavia and Latoya right? Wait, yeah. Were they right? Now, you always... I guess they were right. I'm not even going to like put up a question mark. I'm not even gonna put that up. The, I'm get like Michelle even felt it, and she does give him credit. Like she said, he's a brilliant mind. The family's great. He's a great management team, but they weren't managing me. They weren't giving me opportunities. Um, her she talks about in Dustin Child. She wanted to make a gospel album, and his management, his team, he. Pulled strings. I don't think it's pulled strings. He got connected with people and made that happen for her. So she's not bashing him. 
by far, but she's definitely like giving us the revelation of something that Latavi and Latoya kind of said, like, oh, there's favoritism kind of going on in this group and we're not really being heard we're not really being felt and then also i'm not even going to the latoya because i feel like that is a different situation i feel like it's a half and half situation like their part might have been horrible also well it was horrible also from what we heard um and then maybe but maybe like matthew was like a side effect of their was an effect of their behavior but back to tanitra miss michelle so yeah i'm guessing so there was a sort of favoritism in that group which is unfortunate because i mean if you're gonna have a group let's have a group and also i think i want to talk about this again with my friend my co-host um james we were just talking and we're, I was just like, he was talking about bands and girl groups and boy bands. And he's like, I'm, I'm thinking from my point of view, I'm saying from the view of, I don't like groups breaking up. Like if you're going to be together, be together. Um, even like little mix, they broke up, but I heard kind of two different stories about, no, they didn't break up. I heard stories about like one girl leaving which is sad, but okay, more money for us. Uh, like groups, they don't last. Name like boys to even boys. The original boys to men isn't there, but okay, they're still there. Even the original in Vogue isn't there, but okay, they're still there. But that's like half the group is gone. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys, whenever they can call Justin together. Okay, they're still there. In sync. Okay, maybe in sync. I mean, in sync is oh, who I was talking about. Backstreet Boys is who I'm talking about now. I think they're still there, but they're not doing much. So it's like, and I've been so heavy into SWV, you guys. I'm trying. I was gonna talk about Brian Morgan, but I don't think I want to talk about him and his whack ass. And I, well, I'll basically briefly... T- okay, wait. Michelle. 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 Okay, so Michelle, yeah. So Matthew's management is kind of sucky. And we kind of even figured that out with when Beyonce left. And he didn't take that well. And that kind of fucked up their relationship. Or he didn't take it well. Yeah, he didn't take it well. And, and it put a strain on their, re- their relationship for a while. And probably even to this slightly day. So it seems. Um... So Matthew, he has his good moments and he has his very rough moments. You know, he's always in the news talking about something. (laughs) (laughs) But wow, I'm surprised. And Michelle is very revealing on some things. Um, The book is like how she, her depression, I think her depression is like, slightly triggered by her anxiety or something like that. Like, I'm not good enough. Like, tons of times she's talking about, like, I'm not good enough, and this is what I've been through, and this is why I'm reacting this way, but I didn't know I was reacting this way, so I went to therapy, and if she talks about her Chad, um, her and Chad being together, 
the engagement and what went wrong there. So I think like her anxiety is like kind of triggering her depression and yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not like it's an end goal book. And that's what she said. She's like, in the even like the middle of it, she's like, I'm not trying to tell you there's no end goal to this because it's like kind of an everyday thing. And I'm like, okay. But it's definitely like tools. Like she's like checking with, and I didn't notice that check-in, the term check-in. She's like, but she's saying check-in with yourself. But she was, she had opened up talking about like um, a hotel and like checking in there. It was like a cool little double meaning that I didn't put together. But you guys know what? I was at work. I bought the book. I was at work. Somehow I, I thought I was starting from the beginning, but somehow I skipped like 50 pages and she started talking about Destiny Child. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're getting into it. So then the next day I go to pick it up again to start to finish reading and I'm looking and I'm flipping. I'm like, wait, page one. Wait, I didn't read this. And so I'm like, oh crap. I'm not going to go reread all these again. I don't know what happened in my mind, but somehow I did not finish reading also, she talks about um, Destiny's Child and how it ended, and Destiny's Child ending abruptly, pretty much, and how that kind of triggered anxiety and depression because she didn't know what she was going to do. That was another part of her depression, like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what the future holds, so I'll just stay in bed. Like, And I kind of feel that... I understand that. I don't think I feel that 100%, but I feel I do feel it a little bit, and I do understand that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'll just stay here where it's kind of safe in the bed and not have to worry or think about anything. Um, but, yeah, and to me, that also happened to me because I was, I don't know how old I was, probably like 10 or 11 when Destiny's Child dis- disbanded. Is that the word? And to be honest, Dustin Child has had those three ladies. They've become together like so many more, so many moments throughout the years. BET Awards, Coachella, of course, um, on Beyonce's tours. I mean, not even tours. The Beyonce Experience. I think that's the only tour they came on, and they've supported each other immensely. Uh, but they have not. Besides. I don't know. I think there was this one song. You had your dreams and I had mine. Conversation and dream together. You know how I keep us together. It's off of their loves, love songs. I think it's called track um, album that they put out. I think it was after 2013 or before 2013 or 12, something like that. And they came together. Nuclear. That's the song. They came together, but I don't know if they're actually singing in harmony or singing the chorus together. Because all these other songs, they're not singing on. I mean, they have their different parts on, but they're not singing in harmony. Like on Kelly's song, they're not singing in harmony. They're, they've done their own harmonies for their own verses, but Kelly's singing the chorus. And then... I can't remember. I think on um, Jesus say Jesus says say yes. Jesus, <laughs> when Jesus says yes, 
I forget the name of the song specifically. But Michelle's song, I think Michelle is singing the chorus, and then they just have their separate, they're just... I wish that song had a little bit more creativity and writing, but okay, whatever. But yeah, she was just like, I was in it for six years. I understand that they wanted to grow. They were tired of it. They wanted to grow and do other things, but I was just getting started. And I'm like, yeah, me too, Michelle. I was just getting started in the group too. And she's like, and we see in now why she was crying so hard at that um, the World Music Awards when Patty was singing Stand By You. I don't think it was the world. I think it was like Billboard or something. When Patty was singing Stand By You, we see why she was crying so hard because she's like, damn, girl, the the rug is being pulled under from my feet when I was just getting heated. And she was like, I should have known. You know, the last album was called Destiny Fulfilled. Duh, girl. She's really funny. She gives, like, really good um, uh, uh, stories. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Michelle. Congratulations on this book because I believe it's being sold out everywhere except for where the fuck i live there's plenty of copies on the shelf a uh, one person bought was i saw a picture of one person was buying like five copies and i'm like i'm not spending a hundred dollars on a book and also this book has like a journal or something in it it's like a journal in a notebook Wait, did she say it i forget i ripped the sticker off but that was, i found that pretty cool but I, it is like helping me a little with my anxiety i'm trying to she's like there's a difference from intuition and anxiety and reality and anxiety and what's the reality of it and anxiety is just like your fear amplified so okay i'm not gonna get into it okay so as i said last week i was gonna do a chromatica um a Chromatica review, Lady Gaga's album Chromatica, and segue into Lady Gaga. Born This Way had its anniversary, the album, a cohesive, great album. I love hair from Born This Way. I love Black Jesus, Amen Fashion. I love Born This Way, the song. I love Mary the Night. You talk about a soprano vocalist. That song, those songs are so great. But there's like this reimagining board in this way. And Pride Month is, Pride Month started this month or it's this month of June 1st. Shout out to June 1st. This is my 22nd podcast. I'm so, I'm so, um, yeah, so happy to still be doing this. Um, but a part of the Born This Way, like reimagining Born This Way she, I guess she's picked certain artists, and one of the artists to redo a song was Big Frida, and he did Judas. So go ahead and check that out. And yeah, leave a comment. Tell me what's up, what's going on. What do you, what do you, if you've read Michelle, what do you think about Michelle's book? Um, what do you think about Matthew's management? What do you think about Mariah and her mess? Mariah's always, like, in this fantasy world, messy world. And it's just like, okay, Mariah. So, when I come back, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to give you my little review about Chromatica and its first year anniversary. 
Welcome back to the main course of the Dare Show podcast. This week, like I said earlier, I'm going to review, give a little review on Lady Gaga's Chromatica album, the one year anniversary. Something I came across of from one of her fans. The dark lyrics intentionally contrast with the upbeat production in order to dance through the pain. It debuted as her sixth consecutive number one album on the Billboard 200 and became her most critically acclaimed record to date. Oh, really? I didn't know that. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't... My reactions. (laughs) I did not know that. Um... So basically, this is basically art pop too for all you um, monster fans, monsters out there. This is your art pop too because you're not getting art pop too. This is basically art pop too because art pop was these depre- these reflective, depressive lyrics, rough lyrics against these techno beats. Now, this one, I don't think it's really techno. It's mostly pretty, um, like, this whole disco moment or this era of disco we've been resurging with, like, um, Dilla Peep, Lady Gaga. I think some others that I can't think of that happened in, like, late 2019, early 2020 to into 2020. Now, I have to say... A couple of these songs on the album. When I first listened to the album, I was I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I wasn't sure what um to expect. Because although the little songs she's put out in between, including the album, um, A Star is Born, incredible album. Incredible album. As a soundtrack album up there with dream girls to me and um (laughs) christina's um burlesque incredible album uh she put out um i'll be right here by your side if i can the cure she put out the cure great song but the, uh, that was towards the end. Of, no, that was at the end. And then, you know, she put out the, like, um, I Need Your Love for somebody's soundtrack. But anyways, I wasn't sure what, what, what to expect. Like, was it going to be good? Was it going to be bad? Because she, she, you know, she says she's always working on music. And this album, um, Wikipedia, says was recorded from 2017 to 2020, I believe. So, it's like, okay. And I think during that time, she had, like, a really big health revelation, really big mental health revelation. And this album, it does pretty much touch on a lot of touchy, a lot of mental, a lot of her mental health that you can clearly see. Whether it's a song title, like Enigma, whether um, the deeper meaning behind nine one one, rain on me. Let's get into it. I do love the it's cut up into different acts, three acts. Um, the musical interludes for the acts 
don't interfere with the album at all. I do feel like this is a very co- cohesive album. Maybe Joanne is probably not her most co- well, no. Joanne is a cohesive album. I'm not even going to say that. She's had very cohesive albums. All the albums have a distinctive sound to it. And they do kind of, they do flow very well. It's, yeah, they flow very, very well. Okay, so Alice. My first listening, my first reaction to Alice when I first listened to her, I did not like it. But I've been listening, I listened to it like a couple of days ago and last night to prepare for this. I do like a little bop to it. It's a very nice bop. It takes me a while sometimes to warm up to certain a certain song after I don't like listening to it. One song I do not like is Fun Tonight. I just feel like it's two different songs. She's... Yeah, I, no, it's not my favorite song. I'm not even going to say much about it besides it's not my favorite. So, there you go. No Fun Tonight. Um, Stupid Love... When I first heard it, I was very excited. It was like the disco shit we've been waiting for. I think we're moving out of that techno type thing into like actual like instrumental music. Um, Stupid Love, I loved it. I loved it. Um, unfortunately, you know, because of the pandemic, things got put on hold, including the album. So the album was like put on hold for a couple of months and we're just like, girl, just release the shit. Uh, yeah, Stupid Love. I don't know if it did pretty well. I think the video has some like controversy a little bit with it. Rain On Me. Okay. Rain On Me with Ariana Grande. First of all, it has like, on Spotify, it has like eleven writers. I don't know who's what's. I was trying to see like, is there a sample? Because I saw Betty Wright's name. I'm like, is there a sample? What's going on there? Then, but on like Wikipedia, it had like seven writers or whatever. But I'm like, why do y'all need this song? Is so fucking simple. This song is so simple, you guys. There is not a lot to the song. Maybe I think Ariana's verse has more words to it, but they just repeat the same thing over and over. So I'm just like, who wrote two lines, two two words, and wants a credit for it? Like, come on, you guys. I didn't understand it at first until somebody on Twitter told me, I'd rather be drunk, but still um, I'm alive. I was like, what? Do what? I get it now. Addiction is a great pop song. Ariana, I think, very definitely carries the song. I believe the song won the Grammy for like best pop duo or something like that. Uh, it's a great pop song. And Gaga flops on it, to be honest. And I think at the end, it needs more ad libs. And I'm noticing on this album, Gaga's soprano when she I, I guess when she's sitting like a soprano or alto alto note and maybe she's um layered it it sounds muffled and it just sounds weird to the ear to my ear at least and so i'm noticing that on rain on me a free woman definitely but yeah, Ariana eats Gaga up, unfortunately. And Gaga was like, yeah, I pushed Ariana. I was pushing her to, like, 
pushing her in the studio. And I'm just like, girl, you need to push yourself because your vocals and your ad-libs are not it. On to Free Woman. But I do enjoy Rain On Me. Rain. Uh, I read that video, but at least I'm alive. Rain On Me. 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 As Ariana. Look, if I'm a, if I'm a singer... You are not eating me up on my own song. This is a duet. This is not a feature, which I don't think people feature anymore. I think it's Lady Gaga and Ariana now. A days. Free Woman. I did not like Free Woman at first, but something about the lyrics. I was going through a little emotional moment, and I was like, I'm still something if I don't have you. I'm still something. I'm so great. I can still be lucrative and valuable to somebody else if i don't have you i'm a free man (laughs) she's she's a free woman so that's kind of touching on this like feminist type thing i think she's was probably going through then we skip fun tonight into the second act the second act is where everything pops off this is where my favorite is Stupid Love is okay. Rain on Me is good. Free Woman is good. Alice is okay. I don't listen to, I don't like listening to the main single anymore because, you know, you know when that first single comes out, no album out, you're playing it over and over and over and over and over and over and then you're like, okay, I'm kind of sick of this. When the whole album comes out, like, I don't like listening to We Belong Together. I don't like listening to Touch My Body. I don't like listening, well, I do like listening to Deja Vu. I do enjoy drunk. Yeah. Okay. So anyways. <laughs> On to nine one fucking one. This one, this song really talks about her mental health, actual her actual mental health and her actual medicine. I think she was saying, um, I should have probably done a little bit more research, but she was just like, you know, the medicine I was taking, I was scared of it. I was scared of myself, so I would just take this medicine, so it would like kind of heal me, call nine one one type thing. Great play on words, great like double harmony, two part harmony she has going on. Great um, creativity with the extra vocals, and you know the sound overall is just a great song, a great creative song. Uh. My biggest enemy is me, Pop A911. My mental health is taking over. It's destructive. Let me pop something to cure it down. Then we have my favorite song. My favorite, favorite song, Plastic Doll. Child, I had a moment last night again because I was just like, here we go. Plastic Doll is killing it. It was an instant favorite for me. Oh my gosh, it was an instant favorite for me. It was like classic Gaga about these like corny or what's the word, cliche type song choices. But she really remixed it and made it fresh and new. And I feel like it's like, I kind of took it as like, as it was sort of like, I'm not a part of the normal society anymore. And it sucks. I'm not your plastic doll. I'm not this girl that I'm not. 
really late i'm lady gaga but i'm stephanie germanata also that's what i kind of took it as i'm bouncing off the walls i'm bouncing off the walls don't just play me don't play with me it hurts me i'm bouncing off the walls i'm not your plastic doll it's a great like rock pop song I really, every time I see it, every time I listen to it, when I first listened to it, I just saw this visual, this, like, doll breaking free of this, like, world. That's unfortunate. You know, she doesn't really give tons of singles anymore with tons of videos anymore. Especially now. I mean, she could have really done a video. I think she did, like, two videos. I didn't watch the 911 video. Maybe I should have. Maybe I have a little interest now. But I was just like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Sour Candy. Whoop. With uh, the K-pop, I think they're part of the K-pop group, Blackpink. It's a cute song. I think their collaboration fits the album very well. Um... Everyone loves the song. I think this was an instant fave for a lot of people. Uh, I didn't realize they were speaking... Okay, are they speaking Korean or are they speaking French? Because it kind of sounds like they were speaking French for a second. But okay, anyways. On to Enigma. Now, I feel like this song doesn't really talk about being an enigma. I feel like when I, when I thought the album was going to be called Enigma and not Chromatica. What the fuck is the Chromatica? I thought the album was going to be called Enigma, playing along with her um, Vegas residency Enigma. I thought when Enigma came out, when she was doing Vegas, I thought she was originally going to do like a whole brand new set of songs. But she didn't. And I was just like, okay. She didn't do like one new song. (laughs) It was just basically a greatest hit store for her. Um... Enigma is a sexy song. I love the horns on Enigma. The The next few songs I'm going to talk about really give this album diversity and fun and excitement. It's a really, it's a good pussy popper, Enigma. I don't think a lot of people like Enigma, but I do feel like the song is not about enig- being an Enigma, being like this weird, special thing. Some of the lyrics kind of open-minded heart so blinded i'm so open we can be one i feel like some of the layers kind of go into like an enigma terminology or explaining how she feels but i don't really know i don't think so replay another genius moment if you don't know about replay let me tell you so replay has this little um clip and it's like a backwards. It sounds like a. It sounds like a like an instrument or like a note playing, but it's actually Diana Ross. They took part of her love hangover. It's a love hanger or hangover sample, basically. They took her part and replayed it over and over. I think it might be like it's either backwards or it's like a clip of it, and it's just it's genius. And it plays with the song so well. The lyrics are very dark. Here we go again with, you know, her mental health. Um, But another favorite. And it flows so well from Enigma. And then we have the the third act, which is a little bit more sentimental, 
a little bit more. Well, there are a couple of songs that are here. Sentimental. And we have the third act with Sign from Above with Elton John. It's a quirky sounding song. It's a quirky lyrical song. I'm not really sure what it's about, so I'm going to keep going on. But it's a a jam to listen to. They're basically talk singing, but okay, whatever. (laughs) 1,000 Doves. I didn't like this song at first. I didn't like it because it, it was just like... It kind of, to me, sounded like a Star is Born, not in a bad way, but it sounded like a Star is Born um, reject or something that didn't make the album. But A Thousand Doves, really, am I recording? Okay. (laughs) A Thousand Doves, you know what really pushed me to like it? There's a piano version, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You really hear her message and i think the upbeat tempo of the song kind of at first to me took away from what she was trying to say but that acoustic made me really enjoy this 1000 doves and also like her voice again sounds muffled um instantly on the verses The way she sings, like I can't even feel it through my body just thinking about it. The way she sings, her tone on the verses is very like vulnerable. And I connect with it. I feel it. It's something that triggers, like I feel it. I feel it. Um, she's just like, help me. It's basically a big help me. Cause once you help me just a little bit, I'm gonna soar, I'm gonna fly. Like a thousand doves. And I love the song a thousand percent. Well, I love the piano version a thousand percent. Then we have Babylon. This song, this album is such a creative, great, diverse album. I think Sign from Above, I mean a thousand doves on my playlist. You know, on your playlist you can you know, mix and match, make it a playlist. And I think on my playlist, I like it better. I like a thousand dollars better after Babylon because it just kind of gets like this final, this, this peaceful send, this peaceful ending to this album. Babylon is like, quote unquote, a modern day Vogue. It's a celebration. It's a great play on words. But to me, it I don't know, it could be a longer but it's way too short. I'm sure there's like some kind of dance remix out there. Babylon, babble on, battle for your life, battle for your life, babble on. It's a great like pride community, gay community, um, ballroom community type thing. Like I said, it's probably like a modern day Vogue. Uh, and I wonder if this was like made after. Madonna, quote-unquote, accepted her. Because, you know, when Gaga came out, they were always quote, um, comparing her to Madonna and Christina Aguilera. The Christina Aguilera thing, I didn't really get. But, especially vocal-wise, Christina Aguilera is Christina Aguilera. Also, I was thinking maybe I should do a... Um, what's her album called? Liberation Review. I forget which... I think it came out a couple years ago, but still, it's a really great album, you guys. 
But let's talk about Madonna for a second and Lady Gaga. I wonder if this was recorded before or after the Oscar win. Because after, you know, when she first came out, like I said, they were talking about her comparing her. And then Born This Way, I don't necessarily hear Express Yourself in Born This Way. But they do say it's a heavy similarity. And, you know, (laughs) Madonna was very nasty at times about her being compared to Lady Gaga or Gaga being compared to her and Madonna, you know, called her reductive and sipped her tea. And then I felt like she treated her badly. And Gaga even said in her Netflix documentary, five foot two, you know, Madonna didn't really come to me, accept me with open arms. And I had to suck. But then I do find it hypocritical and very, you know, weird. Well, not weird. But, you know, it's a little bit of a show business type reaction. Gaga, when Gaga won her Oscar for um, Shallow, what do we see the next day? We, well, what do we see a couple hours later? A photo of Madonna and Gaga Oscar with Gaga next to her cheesing. And it's like, girl, stop being so fucking fake. Oh, now she won an Oscar. Now she proved herself to you. Now she's won an Oscar. Now she's um, valuable or now she's okay in your eyes. Like, get out of here, girl. Whatever, Madonna. Anyways, what would I give Chromatica? Despite some of the songs, this is definitely a cohesive album. That's what you look. I look for. I look for a cohesive album. I look for great lyrics. I look for great vocals. Gaga has definitely settled in in her vocal. I think um, A Star is Born vocally. She was very confident in her vocals. Not even confident, but like they were very consistent. They were very clear. This album transfers along with that. Her vocals are very clear. Her, very, her vocals are very consistent. The music is really great. Chromatica, I would give this a 4.5 out of 5. Based off of, you know, some of the songs I don't like. (laughs) But tell me what you think about Chromatica. Any monsters listening, let me know. Um, Leave a comment. You don't have to. But leave a comment. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Um, Anything else I have to say about Chromatica? I don't like the name Chromatica. I don't know what that means. But here we are. Let me take what she gives us. Um, if you want to follow me or leave a comment again, I'm on Instagram at my love, my need tonight. This is the Dare Show podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. And next week when I come back, oh my God, next week is Patty LaBelle's Gems. I'm going to review that. We're going to have fun with Jim's because Jim's has a lot going on. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Oh, Lord, I need to get prepared now because Jim's is a long. I think Jim's is probably her longest album. It's probably like 14 songs on that album. But, yeah, what do you think about Chromatica? Is it's first year anniversary? I can't believe it's born one year. We finally got it after all that pushback. And then we kind of, you know, because of the pandemic, it kind of fell off. But shout out to Chromatica. Thank you for listening. Until next week.
Bye.